Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. We head on out to the KDOS hotline as we're joined by AJ Perez from Front Office Sports. We have plenty of NFL topics to get into, plus what's going on with Diamond Sports and the RSNs with Valley Sports, and specifically Valley Sports Arizona and the Arizona Diamondbacks. So a lot to cover here, AJ. Thanks so much for the time on the show once again today. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome here. Well, let's start with the NFL owners meetings. Those took place this week in Phoenix and several things came out of it. Let's start with this Thursday night football. Amazon paid $1 billion for the rights to it. In actuality, I think we could probably all agree that there was one good game last year and that ended up being the very first one that Amazon did. A lot of really bad contests after that. Roderick Dell is pushing pretty hard for the ability to flex Thursday games. It didn't pass the vote, but will likely be revisited in May. Giants owner John Mara, very adamant how much he dislikes this flexing with the fan in mind. So what are you hearing as to what the pros and the cons are for flexing Thursday night games? Yeah, the owners I talked to, and we kind of advanced, uh, I have one of the owners I talked to before, uh, this was discussed on Tuesday afternoon. They were, you know, they see this as totally different from Monday Night Football, which will get the ability, uh, which has the ability, the NFL will flex, uh, will be able to flex games late in the season, starting uh, in the twenty twenty three season coming up, and that's something that uh, that's been done on Sunday Night Football um, since two thousand six, basically since NBC started with that contract. And uh, Goodell kind of, you know, tried to. He's been he's been behind this. Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, has been really, you know, behind the scenes and also in front of us with the media, kind of pushing up, you know. Talking up and talking up how you know the the it's only been used on average uh, you know 1.5 times a year um, and you know that's what you, like you mentioned it was the the Amazon schedule of that first game with the Chargers uh, Chargers Chiefs I think it, it was yes. an amazing game you know <laughs> um, and uh, and um, it was it, it was great that was a high water mark and it, it never met that again we had off obviously they broadcast the one where uh, they they brought broadcast the one um, with the uh, with the, with the with the concussion scare uh, from Miami, um, that that was that was one of the other that's the low light they had, and uh, so in five it was I think it was six six of the five of the last eight or six of the last eight uh, um, uh, teams involved in the final four games, you know had 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 losing records, but it's it's just that it's the owners I talked to, including John Mayer, who was on the record after. Um, I got him one on one. It's just they don't they they think it's you know it's it's going to hurt it's going to hurt the fans. They don't it's going to inconvenience them because they, under the proposal with a 15 day notice of uh, of of when your team's going to get or your game's going to get flexed from Sunday to Thursday night. But fans have already bought their tickets. So if you're a destination city like Las Vegas and probably New York and a couple others, you know people have already booked their hotel rooms and their flights, and those are hard to change. And they just didn't want to rub the fans in a long way. And you know this is. While while Amazon is a very you know it's paying a billion dollars a year, it's also at the detriment of of, of CBS and Fox, who are going to lose a, a pretty high profile game possibly, and they're paying twice as much as Amazon. So there's a lot of reasons, including the players who have really no say in the process. Uh, the the LPA is also against it. 
Does the move to potentially flex Thursday night games, though, suggest fan experience and fan involvement on game day is really starting to become an afterthought to the money that is being derived from rights deals and the commercials? And uh, is it possible that they've entered into this scenario here where they really have to be careful about, you know, how much greed they want to try to go after and really maybe potentially attack the fan? Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's, uh, you know, it's, the TV revenue is such a major part of, of it's the major part and it's the driver of everything in the NFL. And, you know, the, so the, on the downside, you know, basically what Roger, I don't know if Roger Gale says exactly uh, at his press conference, but it's like, you know, they a lot of people watch on TV. Um, maybe it was another executive with a long meeting, but, you know, pe- people watch on TV, you know, they're, they're not, you know, they're, they, they want to see what's, you know, the best of the NFL in prime time and the NFL would love to deliver that. But to do it in a way that um, doesn't inconvenience fans, it does not, um, you know, especially since now they did pass a rule change where you could where you could appear on Thursday Night Football twice. And that's, that, that, that means two short weeks where if you play Sunday, you only have three full days to recover before you're back on the field again. And NFL is such a brutal and difficult sport, um, you know, health-wise and player safety-wise. They're just, they're, they're, even though the NFL trots out, you know, the last couple of years, the trot out surveys were, 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 um, Thursday night football is, it has similar injury rates for all different types of injuries as Sunday and Monday, uh, Sunday the games in general and, and also games on Monday nights. You know, they, the NFL has been really pushing the narrative where it's not any riskier for the players, it, but it's, it, it's kind of beyond that. Now, some of the owners, um, I can't, you know, uh, off the record, um, you know, or off, on background told me it's like they don't really, they don't, <laughs> they, they're not sure about those statistics. So, AJ Perez, front office sports, right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. All right, so we have a Washington Commanders team that is supposedly up for sale here. Reports have been thrown out this week that there are now two different ownership groups putting in offers, but your reporting is that it is only Josh Harris's group that is in serious talks about all of this and is a serious contender. So, uh, what do we kind of glean from everything that's going on with this commander sale? Who is Josh Harris? Who is Josh Harris's group, and is something going to get done? Yeah, I think it's uh, right now. It's Josh Harris and possibly Jeff Bezos until we know until we know uh, you know what's going on with uh, with uh, whether Jeff Bezos is going to bid or not. Josh Harris right now is the only one with them with with you know he's he, he's bid just under six billion, um, and that bid is has all the, all all those I wouldn't say financing, but all the funding behind it needed to buy the to buy it. He's the only one. The other name was a, was a Canadian. Um, uh, is that uh, I, it doesn't it, from what I, my sources say he doesn't. While he while um, ESPN reported he did bid six as well, um, which is not you know which I kind of called that report into question along with the money that Harris bid um, on that was came out on Tuesday morning. Uh, there is there is there there's issues there, and we don't know about uh, Tillman Fertitta. It doesn't seem like he's into it now. Could could he, could could Tillman Fertitta who owns who owns the Houston? Rockets come into it, uh, you know, possibly. But Josh Harris, he's, he's, he was a finalist for the uh, for the Denver Broncos last year, got outbid by Rob Walton, um, who ended up buying the team. And then there's uh, when you, you look at that, and then you he, he also owns the Sixers and the Devils, and he's been and he, you know he has a, a club in Europe, a soccer club as well. So he's you know he's he's yeah he he added Magic Johnson to his um, within the last two weeks added Magic Johnson to his ownership group. Um, major name, obviously, NFL cares about uh, uh, diversity and ownership being. Um, so that's going to be that's going to help Josh Harris's uh, chances as well. And he also 
added another uh, a billionaire with ties to the D.C. area, just like Josh Harris, uh, who so um, named Mitchell Rails, who's spent four to five billion dollars on on uh, developing a a um, a major art um, uh, museum and exhibit area out here in the D.C. area. Big art patron, um, a lot of money behind him. So about twelve billion dollars is in total net worth of of of, of Harris's group. You count Harris, Magic Johnson, and and Mitchell Rails. So they have a lot of money behind it, and I think uh, so far it's the only real, true bid, as as far as we know, as of this, as of today. Um, and things could change. You know, there's uh, Dan Snyder wants wanted more, wanted closer to seven billion dollars. I don't think he'll get there, but I think he'll it'll probably end up being above six, which is, you know, the, be the biggest uh, franchise to sell in world history. AJ Perez, front office sports right here on KDOS AM 1060. In regards to the investigation that is taking place into Snyder and the commander's workplace, where does everything stand there? How close are they to some results, and will those results be made public? Yeah, um, we don't know yet. I, I did a report a couple of weeks ago detailing what, what, what uh, the former head of the SEC, who the NFL hired, her name is Mary Jo White. And she's been going on for, well, there's two parts of the investigation. One was an investigation into a claim made against um, uh, Dan Snyder, that, was, that, that claim was from last February, February 2022. So she started her investigation right after that. And then when I when we broke the news about a year ago, actually about a year ago, a uh, year ago today, about the financial irregularities that that, 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 that Congress had uncovered in Congress like about a week later, and the letter out to the Federal Trade Commission detailing the financial, you know, holding revenue back, um, allegations that seem denied. But that, and there, then there's, but she's found many other things beyond what we, what was reported by Congress. I was told, and she's gone deep, and she was doing interviews up until, uh, well into this year. And uh, one person uh, that she hasn't interviewed yet, uh, the Washington Post reported, is Dan Snyder, who's refused. Not shocking, since he's really tried to dodge the congressional hearing, and he did successfully. That had, that left Roger Goodell last year as the only one in front of Congress. Um, so there's a. Uh, so there's uh, it's a it's it's a moving target. We don't know when it's going to be released, but we, from what I've been told, it's you know, she's found a lot of a lot of uh, very interesting things and things that have haven't been reported by me, ESPN, or anybody else. NFL Sunday Ticket, it's moving away from DirecTV. We know that for uh, consumers, YouTube TV, but the next question was always going to be about some commercial partners, bars and restaurants. The NFL announced this week that EverPass Media is going to be in charge of all of that. So what exactly does this mean for bars, restaurants, other venues? And also, what does it mean for consumers? Do we know how much NFL Sunday Ticket is going to cost this season? Yeah, we put that question up to NFL executives this week. Yeah, they they did not. There has been no price set. Um, it's a consensus among uh, those who cover it and uh, people we talk to. It's around three hundred dollars, which was around what DirecTV charged for the baseline package, and which they've had, which they had from nineteen ninety four all the way through uh, when it, yeah, that's when it started. Ninety four, I was still in high school. Uh, all the way through uh, when uh, until the contract ended last season. So they haven't set the price yet. It's going to be on YouTube TV exclusively. Um, and uh, and they're so we don't know how much they're going to be charging, but they, I, I'm, I'm I'm a customer, and I think they're they've been doing some stuff with the with the uh, March Madness kind of split screen stuff. I think they're going to be kind of they've been kind of trying it out to see how it's going to work and what you know what new wrinkles they're going to put in there. We also don't know. There's going to be enhancements over what Directv had, and the the big thing is you don't have to have a satellite. There was some you know when you had Directv the last uh, last several years, if you you know, there there were some people who could be streaming only, but you just had to like live in an apartment who you didn't who where you couldn't sign up for satellite service. You know, so there this is the first time there's issues, many issues the last couple of years over over the streaming part of Direct TV Sunday ticket package. Um, so I think uh, it, 
for a lot of fans, they're they're you know the ones who had all the issues last year that I, that, that I reported on um, with with streaming. I'm probably going to be a little relieved that you know even though, even though you have to switch TV TV packages if you had Directv, you know you have to sign up for YouTube uh, TV uh, to get Sunday ticket. I think I think that's going to be um, you know I think that's going to be uh, fans are going to be paying the same and they'll probably get a better product out of it. AJ Perez, front office sports here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. So competition-wise, NFL players now get to wear number zero. Eagles will be allowed to continue the Jalen Hurts push play. Sports books are allowed to operate inside NFL stadiums on game days. What else stood out to you? Rules changes, rules staying the same that came out of this week's meetings. Yeah, there wasn't much done on, done on kickoffs. Uh, there was uh, punting. There, there was, there was, you know, there, there was seeing some changes there that weren't made. Also, there's, there weren't any major changes to replay. The Chargers had been um, had pushed for a review of um, uh, roughing the passer. Um, that they, that but that 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 resolution didn't pass. Um, you know, so there is uh, there, there's things they're going to continue to talk about beyond flexing at the next owners meeting in May. But the rules look pretty much set for the next season. So there's you know there's a little tweaks here and there. Um, I think the biggest one, I think the ones that, that probably would you know, trouble the trouble the NFLPA, the NFL Players Association, so the, the union basically, uh, is uh, is the fact that two teams have to play on Thursdays now. You know, potentially up to two teams, uh, up twice per season, which was you know the fan, you know the players are aren't the biggest fans of Thursday night football. Now we may have two two teams playing multiple times uh, on Thursday night. Uh, in addition to that, NFL owners, they really do like the job that Roger Goodell has done for them. The money is flowing in in more ways than anyone could have ever dreamt here. So where do things stand on him getting another contract to stay as commissioner? And are we uh, getting to a point where his next contract puts him in line for it to be his last contract? It looks like it'll be the last one. His contract expires a month from now. Um, basically, last, uh, I guess, last day of this month, it could be uh, well, last day of the month, the next uh, in 2024. That's, so that there's you know, while we expected that it would be approved, there's always a little things here and there. The, the total compensation is likely to be around $60 million, uh, maybe a little more. And he's gotten that amount because, you know, when he came in there, when he, 2006, when he came in to now, you know, the, the TV money has quadrupled. Um, you know, the, and there's obviously they've they've come around. A lot of things have changed. I mean, there were back at, I was covering uh, back when he took over as commissioner and how he, there, there was an effort. They were very against sports. Um, Sports betting. They were they were basically funded a funded a lot of the lawyers who pushed back in Delaware who wanted to who wanted to back in 07 and 06, 07, 08 time frame. They they wanted to add parlay betting, um, and they were totally against that. They spent probably tens of maybe hundreds of thousand dollars on lawyer on, on lawyers to to stop that from happening, going all the way to the um, federal uh, um, the federal appeals court even to you know to to fight it, and they were successful. Now they're getting over a billion dollars uh, up. Hundreds of millions of dollars a year from uh, these betting companies as partners, um, and that's and that money is expected to grow. You know, even though there's probably going to be some consolidation among sports betting companies, um, but there's still there. That's the fact that, like you mentioned, they're going to have in allow um, uh, allow betting game days now, um, and a lot of these a lot of these um, teams have like even here in D.C. They've already built casinos and uh, or bought, uh, built sports books in preparation for it, so they're all set. And it, it just seems strange, and we're going to be going into next year. The, the, the next Super Bowl is going to be in Vegas, which I never thought. A lot of us who cover this uh, betting stuff 15, 16 years ago never thought would happen. Uh, but the fact that the Supreme Court um, has been five years since they since they cleared the way for states outside of Nevada to offer legalized 
state-sanctioned sports betting. You know, they've come a long way, and they see opportunities and revenue there. And I also wrote about the next thing that Goodell is going to be focused on is going to be international expansion. You could have multiple teams in Europe uh, by the by, by sometime over the next decade. So not just one team, but like a whole league over in Europe. Is that kind of what your your reporting is? Yeah, it looks like uh, you know one of the one one of the things that's uh, kind of very very early stages of being discussed is putting four teams, maybe two teams, uh, two teams in the UK, two teams in Germany. Um, and then it could be three, three in the UK, one in Germany. But it looks like you know one of the proposals is just having four, is having a four team European division, and uh, that would be it'd be it would be unheard of because there's the NFL has been been a long time since the NFL. You know, it's been they added two teams back in geez, 1995. Uh, going back to the uh, the Panthers and Jaguars, that's the last time they had multiple teams expand. They've added they they added the Texans after that, and I that time frame, and yeah, also added the Cleveland Browns after they moved. They gave them an expansion team. So so that that that's it. You're gonna, I mean, the fact that you know, that, and with these expansion fees, it's like to be around four billion dollars each. You know, that's going to be uh, that's a pretty massive payday, and that's one way. Especially if the if the NFL owners are worried about the next TV package, which is still we got nine ten years left on the current one, they can opt out a couple years early. You know, if they, if they see the TV landscape changing to a way where they may not get as much money the next time around, I think uh, I think expansion is one way to keep league revenues at least uh, among the owners up. You know, that's uh, that money all goes to them. They don't have to share that with the players um, necessarily. So. AJ Perez, front office sports right here on KDUS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Before we let you go, we have to ask what's going on with Diamond Sports filing for bankruptcy here. They carry several teams across the NBA, NHL, and MLB landscape, but specific here for Bally Sports Arizona and the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, it, it seems as though you know Bally Sports has said that the Diamondbacks deal has been very burdensome for the group and that they likely will be defaulting on the payments here. So where exactly are the bankruptcy proceedings and what does this mean for the future for fans right here in the area that want to watch Diamondbacks games this season? So it looks like uh, it looks like for now like uh, the, um, the 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 Padres got their in last night um, to, to meet it. I'm not sure about I'm sure even though I'm not sure where the payment is to the Diamondbacks is yet it looks like it will only start the season on Bally's. Um, they when they filed for bankruptcy a couple of weeks ago, they said it would not impact any of their existing deals. Um, so that's uh, so that's that's pretty much where that stands now. So we'll see what happens, but it looks like they're um, you know it'll be for the next at least for the start of the season it'll it'll be on Bally's now if they'll have to switch off and go to MLB TV or something else like they've been peering up for that could happen. But it looks like it's uh, at least for now it's uh, it's going to be a um, it'll be on on your local Bally's uh, you know. Sportsnet, and so far, we don't have any indication that uh, any other teams have, uh, at least for Major League Baseball, will have to worry, um, at least for the next couple months. Now, things could change for sure. AJ, greatly appreciate you taking some time talking all things uh, NFL and here with the Diamondbacks as well. Look forward to doing it again with you soon. Great. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Once again, he is AJ Perez there with Front Office Sports.